July 5th, 2018. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon, and tonight we will be joined by author Stephen Flowers, Ph.D., to review and discuss the new revised edition of the Fraternitas Saturni 2018, this being the fourth version of the original, which was copyrighted in 1990, and including previously unpublished material, making this rendition sensational in occult circles. Dr. Flowers traces the Fraternitatis Saturni from its beginning with Crowley and the OTO-inspiring Gregor Gregorius back in 1925-26, through its activities in the Weimar era, its suppression by the Nazis, its revival after World War II, and its eventual split into three bodies after Gregorius died in 1964. We are introduced to the Adonism of Franz Settler, who wrote under the name of Dr. Muslim, a neo-pagan Venus Adonis cult that included Wilhelm Poincher and Franz Barton, who carried it with them into the Fraternitatis Saturni, and we will revisit the infamous FOGC Black Lodge from Frabato, and the Weta Conference, in which Crowley attempted to, to take over organized occultism in Germany. And most importantly, Dr. Flowers presents a detailed analysis of the Gnostic and Luciferian philosophies and doctrines behind the Saturnian Gnosis. He outlines their cumbersome 33-degree system and their training program, much of it very similar to Franz Barden's work, and of course, the Fraternitati, Fraternitatis Saturni is the, is most noted for its sex magic, and and we have one of those rituals provided. And quite frankly, this book raises as many questions as it answers. But it is well documented with references uh, to works in German that some of us are going to want to see translated. So. If you want the answers to the questions you had and more questions that you may want to ask about the Fraternitatis Saturni, then tune in and take notes. And uh, before we get into this fascinating topic, let me introduce our distinguished guest, Dr. Stephen Flowers, Ph.D. Are you there, Dr. Flowers? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, good. Okay, I'll introduce you. Let, let, let me let me introduce you. Uh, he received his doctorate in German languages and medieval studies from the University of Texas at Austin, and studied the history of occultism at the University of Göttingen uh, in Germany. I hope I pronounced that right. He is the author of more than twenty-four books including Secrets of the Sufi Freemasons and Original Magic, both of which have been reviewed on the Hermetic Hour. Now, welcome aboard, Dr. Flowers, and, and uh, um, uh, let's uh, let's start off with Chapter 1 of the, the history of the Fraternitatis Saturni, and uh, you, were, you were discussing the Scandinavian and Nordic roots and, and the Roman Saturnalia. Would you, uh, would you want to explain, uh, explain a little bit about that? Yeah, there was uh, – that uh, comes from uh, early or uh, uh, documents that uh, were put out in the 70s, in the early 1970s, where uh, Professor uh, Adolf Hemberger – put out uh, original documents of uh, the Fraternity Saturni, and uh, in there, that's where these kind of uh, facts about their background uh, come out, and that was that they uh, believed that uh, their order derived from uh, a, not really a Nordic source in the sense, although at the time of the 1920s, that was so popular in uh, the German world that they sort of, you know, gravitated towards that. But you won't find much of a Nordic kind of uh, uh, material in the Fraternity Saturni material, uh, but you will find uh, that they they trace things back to not only a border in Sweden that is uh, spoken about, but also in uh, Poland with uh, 
Heine Vrensky, who was the man who made this uh, uh, machine whereby he claimed that uh, he could predict any future events and things of that nature that goes back to the 1700s. And so they were interested in all of those kinds of things. And so that's where they trace their roots to, uh, although they don't speak much more about it after what I've given you there. That's about it. But uh, they uh, they they also seem to have owed something to classical Alexandrian paganism, which uh, which you're I, mean, I know you're familiar with having having done that book on hermetic magic. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they now now uh, uh, so consequently they they probably they probably had a uh, had a German translation of Macrobius. Uh, I imagine, or a Latin, or used a Latin translation. Sure. Well, yeah, most uh, yeah. of those German materials are uh, in abundance, of course. It's that almost any topic in the world you can think of, uh, you, you say, oh, well, I want to find out about that, and you'll find out pretty quick if you have access to it that some German at some time has probably written a dissertation on the topic somewhere. Uh you know, that there's just so much material. And they are, of course, uh, uh, into uh, uh, just on a scholarly level, uh, Egyptology and classical studies and things of that nature are uh, abundant in the German language. So, Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the things that, that uh, you know, I, I said absolutely astounded me was uh, was this atonism of Doctor Muslim Muslim Franz Franz Adler, which yeah. which uh, which we 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 did we did we did all this in 1970, and and of course based it on the Golden Bough of Jesse Weston. Uh, now. Uh, uh, was uh, th- th- was this was this a Hellenized uh, Venus and Adonis cult, or was it a Persian version of it? And because you know, and it, it, it seems that Zapper was 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 into was into this Persian yeah. uh, the Persian thing. So what would you want to talk about that a little bit? I I, I I'm very curious about that. I think he uh, well, so some of his claims, you know, seemed rather uh, outlandish about his travels there. But uh, the area that he is, was interested in and uh, is being focused on when you read about that in the book is the, this area of uh, uh, Central Asia that is now has been uh, recently in the past 20 years very much in our uh, uh, headlines. You know, they, they, they talk about the, the tribal, quote, tribal areas, in quote, on the border of Pakistan and uh, Afghanistan, right? You hear about this all the time in the news. Well, these tribal areas are those last to be converted yeah. to Islam. And it was uh, Zet- yeah. Zettler claimed that he had access to this sort of pre-Islamic uh, material there. And if you see me... This, this, uh, this is Kafiristan from The Man Who Would Be King. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, many, all of that whole part of the world in the time of the of the Persians, of course, where all of these different cults and uh, tribal uh, differences and so forth were not in any way suppressed. And so it took all the way to uh, the 19th century for the Muslims to finally uh, at least in name, eradicate uh, the uh, the tribal uh, ways. But that is supposedly, right up until the time of uh, what's been going on over there now, uh, there were still plenty of remnants of that kind of uh, belief and practice in that region. Well, see, because it, it seems, it seems so like uh, yeah, Sattler also related this to the Yazidis, you said, and and uh, this is this is a bit of a stretch to, you know, to, from from Alexander from Alexander and the Persians with uh, with with Kafiristan to uh, to the Peacock Angel with the Yazidis. It, it's it's a bit of a stretch, but 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 uh, uh, you know, I uh, well, if you've uh, read in my in my book. Uh, you know, original magic. You know, you realize the the the, the extent. There is no the largest ethnic or uh, cultural 
widespread group in the uh, perhaps in the world, but certainly among Indo-European peoples, is the Iranian group of uh, languages and uh, cultures. They spread all the way from India all the way to the Caucasus Mountains, and there are many different old variations, all of which were, to some extent, of course, uh, just because of prestige, uh, influenced by uh, the uh, court of the the Persian emperors, but uh, all having their own individual. That's why the Yazidis are so falsely called devil worshippers. That's just something the Muslims oh, call yeah, them. Oh, ridiculous! And yeah. so, uh, but they they are uh, a, a pre pre uh, Islamic Persian sect with a Sufi uh, ad, admixture, you know, at a later date. But uh, so that's well, that's one thing. Yazidis I, I'm, actually I'm, are. I'm glad Obama. I'm glad Obama. Uh, uh, you know, helped uh, help keep them from being wiped out later or recently, uh, and and uh, that 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 was a that was a good thing. Uh, and uh, the the, uh, uh, the uh, what I'm wondering is on on uh, on on this with uh, you, you say uh, Quinshore and and Franz Barden. Uh, uh-huh. Quinshore, Quinshore being the being the mentor of Franz Barton, I suppose. Uh, right. That they that they were into this Adam, that they were into this Adonism uh, uh, cult, and and did they yeah. did they bring that did they bring it into the fraternity fraternity? Well, they were neither or? one of them. Not, neither one of them are were involved with the fraternity fraternity per se. They had their own uh, schools, but. Uh, why I included this in there is that there are so many, because the Fraternitas Saturni is sort of like uh, in Germany in the 20th century is rather like the Golden Dawn was in the late 19th century in Britain. You know, I mean, everybody who's anybody is somehow involved in some way. And so uh, the Fraternitas Saturni uh, members of it were, were in every kind of group, and every kind of group sort of interacted with them. It was very eclectic and sort of an umbrella type thing. Someone even like Albin Grau, who is uh, so uh, famous, or uh, you know, as the creator of the film Nosferatu, uh, who uh, kind of dropped out of sight after that uh, time period, and who was uh, said to have you know, made film of Aleister Crowley at the Vida conference, but this film has not surfaced as of yet. But uh, they they were on the periphery of the of the uh, FS, uh, but uh, were not really uh, members of it themselves. Uh, well, of course, uh, you, a great... however, however, though the the, the 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 what we what I what I realized in, in in going through your book is is that that the the uh, the program. The basic program uh, of, of, of magical training that that you lay out, not so much the Scottish Rite uh, thing, but 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 the, you know the visualization, the visualization yeah. training, and all, all of that. That seems to be uh, seems to be either straight out of Barden or Barden straight out of that. I mean, uh, in fact, yeah. there's a well, book. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a book you refer to. You refer to this uh-huh. as, uh, in, in your in your bibliography. You refer to uh, to a a book by uh, uh, Feinsberger or uh, something like this that that seems to uh-huh. be a hermetic hermetic ABC. And and I'm thinking, uh-huh. is this is, is this the source of Barden's material or or the other way around? Well, there's a Georg Lomer. Uh, just uh, we have to, you know, uh, realize this one thing about the Germans, you know, and that is uh, they are very, um, uh, you know, method-oriented training uh, curriculum, and so it is really something that you're going to find in German material uh, and German influence. For Franz Barden is really a Czech. That's not his actual, you know, that's his Germanized name. But uh, he, uh, you find that there's a Georg Lomer. Uh, he wrote a few hermetic letters, uh, very obscure, yeah. but now it's been published. And uh, that that uh, kind of thing, that's where Barden directly comes from. 
But uh, uh, the curriculum, the idea of a training curriculum uh, being uh, applied and being a, a something that you need to train at, just like you train to be uh, a uh, pipe fitter, or you train just like it, it, where, uh, in a world in a culture where uh, the training of people is a, is sort of their secret cultural weapon or was and still is to some extent where bakers are trained to be bakers and apprentices and fellows and then they become master bakers and so forth that just that kind of uh, culture uh, spawns this kind of idea of training and you know, starting at the beginning and working your way through and that sort of thing is just a kind of a German trait well uh, they, but, but, you know, I've been, uh, I think probably why uh, one of the connections, uh, maybe even an astral connection that I made back in the 1970s when I was starting, you know, starting the OTA was, was, uh, was, was, was reading Franz Barden, both, both of his, you know, volume one and volume two and, and, uh, and doing, uh, doing, yeah, doing it our own way, but, but, uh, but uh, doing, right. uh, I, I think that was our, possibly our, our one connection with this, but I, but I, sure. we ended up doing, you know, I ended up doing, and I became amazed reading your book that, that we ended up doing virtually everything that, that, that the Fraternitatis uh, Saturni was doing, <laughs> including charging crystal balls with a Van de Graaff, you know, I mean, and we really, yeah. uh, that was, so it must have had some kind of a, an astral link, uh, uh, which, which br- brings me, uh, uh, you know, to the, uh, uh, yeah, to, to the question on this, um, uh, oh, I, I saw it in my notes. Uh, um, uh, how much of the FS training program visualization and astral projection comes from uh, Quincher Barden or the other way around? And I said, uh-huh. you cited a book by Spiesberger that looks like initiation yeah. into hermetics or hermetics ABC. So, uh, yeah, and of course we know also uh, we know that Barden got Barden and probably the FS also got uh, their their fluid condensers from from Randolph, and and there's a lot of you know a lot of uh, sex magic comes from Randolph, uh, uh-huh. uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, uh, on the sex magic thing, um, did, did they ever use mirrors in their sex magic operations like the Gospel of Philip? Yes, you know. Well, yeah, there's a there's a whole book. You know, one of their uh, major, you know, uh, magical uh, uh, correspondence uh, uh, books, you know, is one on uh, mirror magic, you know. So, yeah, that's mirrors are a big thing Uh, in German. uh, If you've ever seen the silent film called uh, The Student of Prague, you know, there's a big thing in there about, you know, mirrors and the selling of the soul to the to the devil, uh, it's a kind of a Faustian story, but there's whole thing with the the mirror and the image and how the the image you know comes out of the the uh, the, the mirror and you know takes on the the life as a kind of a doppelganger of the main uh, character. And of course, the uh, movies, films in the 20s and the 1920s in Germany, where they were all mixed up these people with this Berlin scene of sexuality was just uh, charged the atmosphere uh, very much so. Oh, that, so. Yeah, that I, I'm wondering how much you know. Here again, going back to the idea that uh, that that Kellner got his 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 original information on sex magic from uh, from Indian tantra, which I never have understood because in Indian in 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 uh, Indian tantra, they they you know they 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 go for 45 minutes of no orgasm, and then and then you take it uh-huh. and you transmute it into you transmute it into a into a spiritual uh, into a spiritual orgasm, and, and and uh, and and they and that doesn't that doesn't match Western sex magic at all. And I can't figure out, you know, uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe Kellner said just said he got it from uh, Tantra because they, he knew that they were doing it or doing something like it. But mm-hmm. it's most of I think most, from my what I can, what I can gather, most of most of the OTO sex magic comes from Gnostic sources. 
uh, uh, you know, well, and 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 uh, and, and uh, the, the various uh, the various Gnostic sources, but uh, the uh, Gospel of Philip, you know, has has the Hieros Gamos done in a mirrored chamber, and uh, with the angels uh, with the angels looking down, uh, and I'm just wondering if if uh, and we. We did we did something like that years ago, uh, and finally, finally, uh, you know, uh, finally made it a private a private thing. We we as 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 things got as things in this country got a little more moral, you know, we we started uh-huh. uh, in the Bush era especially, you know, and, and uh, we we started shifting over, you know, from from just from rubbing ladies with warm oil under a mirror, which was a lot of fun, but but then you know we we finally shifted that over to uh, to making it a private thing, and and becoming you know private private between a uh, between a, a a brother and a and a, a sister who had a relationship, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. and I I don't know I noticed that the the sex magic ritual that you have uh, in in uh, that you have in here is is pretty. Uh, uh, it 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 wouldn't be something that 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 anyone would 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 be comfortable doing in in uh, in, in uh, uh, you know with with all our evangelicals these days that that we we you know I, well, yes, I, I I wouldn't want to do it in this country. I don't know whether they're still doing it in Germany or not. <laughs> oh, I, but, uh, I, I well, it's just uh, it's just uh, you know uh, just. Uh, this work, of course, is not something that uh, that, that I have. Uh, so this is what I b- believe, or this is anything. I'm not uh, proposing any of this material. It's just this is what is documented, and it's a scholarly work on the topic uh, uh, in an objective uh, analytical study. So if you want to know about the fraternity of Saturni, then you read this book. I mean, and even as you see in the beginning, the uh, Frater U.D., who's a very high initiate of the present day, the Fraternity of Saturnia gives it full endorsement as this book has always had the uh, endorsement of the order because I don't uh, pro- claim to or attempt to uh, reveal anything of the current practices of the order, but it, this includes everything that was before uh, 19, uh, you know, the, the, when these uh, the materials were made available. And uh, so that's it's publicly uh, available, if obscure. Well, um, after uh, after Gregor Gregor Gregorius, uh, who Eugene Grouch, how do you how do you pronounce his last name? O- Eugen uh, Grosche. Eugen Grosche. Yeah, Grosche. 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 Uh, but he he died in '64, and of course he was the right. he was the major major uh, force behind it. And and uh, and uh, apparently, according to what you you reported, uh, uh, Crowley uh, he accepted uh, Crowley's book of the law, but he but and and uh, and and whatever he wanted to take from the OTO, but he wanted to do his own th- he wanted to do his own thing. And, right, and, he didn't want uh, to be bound by uh, Crowley in any kind right. of uh, uh, be subservient you know, or be his vassal, as it were. Uh, uh, and so uh, that reminds that reminds me very much when when uh, uh, myself when Grady McMurtry uh, uh, uh-huh. tried to offer, offer me an OTO charter years ago, and I and I and I and I told him I said, well, I said I said Grady, I said you know I can accept the Book of the Law as a private personal declaration, and that's what I would do with with all of my. With all of my members, I would offer it to them as a personal, private uh, declaration that they can make themselves. But I cannot uh, publicly support this thing. And and uh, Grady just, you know, he got mad at me, and he and he said, "Oh, the law is for everybody," you know. And 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 and, 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 and I said, "Well, okay, okay, we're not going to beat the limit then." <laughs> and I'm just wondering if if that's the same thing, more or less that. Uh, uh, that grows yeah you have the same experience but uh, as we all know who anyone who's studied anything uh, about the life and uh, the times of Alistair Crowley uh, uh, now everyone wants to be his follower and everybody wants to be his buddy now that he's dead but uh, yeah. when he was alive, he was a pretty much of a bastard, right? I mean, he was a hard man to uh, to deal with and to uh, to productively interact with on a personal level. Uh, uh, and Gregorius and the Germans saw that 
pretty quickly and easily and says, you know, we can't. He's got good ideas, but <laughs> we don't want to, uh, you know, have him be uh, telling us what to do and uh, and directing us. We have our own ideas because uh, fraternity to fraternity is really uh, an outgrowth of this pansophical lodge. There's been an OTO, uh, pre proly OTO, and all of that. So it had a it was a it was a uh, coming together of uh, a lot of different streams of people. Uh, who brought things to the to the table, and then also, of course, uh, uh, a whole lot of uh, different ideas that just ran the the, the yeah. gamut of of all kinds of occult practices that had been uh, stirring about in Germany for centuries. So uh, that's uh, the, they wanted to keep all of those options open. Yeah. Let me ask you about Otto Rahn. Uh, you know, the uh-huh. German uh, Luciferian archaeologist. And uh, right. do you think he had any connection with the uh, Fraternitati, uh, Fraternitatis Saturni? Uh, claims he didn't. He wasn't connected to any occult group. That's what he says. Uh-huh. So, but that may have been just to placate Himmler, uh, you know, because Himmler, he didn't know Himmler personally, and and, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and Himmler was putting down everything, including the Fraternitatis Saturni. Sure. And so I'm wondering, do you think Ron was in any way, because he was, he was the primary promoter of, of Luciferianism in, uh, in modern Germany. Well, I suppose he was of uh, Cutharism and uh, that sort of a thing, uh, but uh, I, I don't think that Ron was really involved in any kind of, uh, uh, too much in any kind of groups, if you can believe that, of any German uh, yeah. uh, who, who tend to, you know, to, he, uh, to he, do he did a lot of he did a lot of he did a lot of research and 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 probably at some point he 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 uh, you know had had something to do with uh, with Gregorius's uh, in Vena bookshop. I imagine he, he probably went in there at least or ordered books from Gregorius, but whatever. But you know, yeah, uh, could, yeah, it's a, a journal, small world out there. Uh, yeah, journalists like to do stuff like this. That I just oh, you know, he was in Berlin and that bookshop was, and so he must have been involved. I'm not going to do that. I, I did just because yeah. just because Gregorius had a bookshop and 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 and, and might have sold a book to to, to Ron. That right. doesn't mean that they were connection. Yeah, but right. that, just that like Lance von Liebenfels and Hitler. Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, uh, I mean, just, you know, so what? We know the members, you know, we know their, at least their order names. Though I have meticulous records, you know, about, you know, and they publish them regularly, you know, about who was a member and where they were from and all that kind of a thing. So uh, I think if, if, if that were the case, I think it would be well known, you know, because we know. Yeah who the members were. But on this Lucifer thing, uh, uh, you know, Lucifer uh, and, 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 and Babylon and, and are, both, uh, are both synthetic. They're both synthetic deities. Uh, and and uh, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, uh, did, uh, did uh, the Saturni, did they have a, did they have a, did they have a, did they have a goddess? Uh, they, 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 or were they, were they just into Lucifer and, and uh, because well, you know, they, yeah, I said the, the, the Agazor. What? The, 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 everything was seen in terms of uh, being a sort of an androgynous, you know, uh, uh, yeah. entity, uh, and, and you know, containing both, uh, you know, both of, uh, dualities, sort of internally. Uh, you know, main focus being the dim, the demiurge uh, Saturn, uh, being the yeah. the high you know, the high god of the heavens, uh, uh, holding the gateway uh, between the uh, uh, you know the planetary spheres and the, and the firmament beyond. You know that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that but, was the uh, next thing I was going to. That was the next thing I was going to get into with with, with the philosophy of the, the Gnostic, the, the 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 wonderful Gnostic philosophy of of, uh, of, of the the of the the Saturni, uh, the Saturnian uh-huh. Gnosis. Uh, that that that's yeah, fascinating. Uh, 
we we moved uh, we moved Benon uh, down. Uh, 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 well, not Benon. We didn't move. We moved Saturn from from Benon to to uh, to, to Daath with a, for our eleven sphere tree. And I don't think they did that because. But they they um, but Saturn, yeah, as we know, was the furthest planet out that, that anybody could see in the old days. So both mm-hmm. the Gnostics and the, and the later Kabbalists said, okay, that's the beginning of the physical universe. And Dante, of course, has it on the top. You know, on the top of the, the Saturn's up there on the top, and and the Moon is down down in the bottom, or at least in the, in the genital area of the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and what now that, that brings up another uh, on this on this dark uh, yoga of um, of the, uh, the 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 dark yoga of the uh, the fraternitas Saturni, uh mm-hmm. is, is that is that like is that dark yoga similar to uh, to that system that Sabotendorf is talking about in your in your Freemasons uh, of the Sufi Sufi Freemasons book? Uh, well, I uh, don't know that the the, the the Sufi Freemason book has. Uh, anything to do with a dark yoga per se? I, I think that that's uh, just the, the you know the unlocking of the keys of those letters in the Quran. Uh, but uh, you know, to, to go back to your question about the the goddess, I think uh, I, I do mention a few times this idea you know Sophia or or the Barbello you know Barbello Gnosticism, and so mm-hmm. the, the the figure of Barbello. Uh, would be the the goddess figure within the fraternitas saturni system, uh, oh. you know, and so that's that's so that's what they uh, Gregorius would refer to himself as a Barbello Gnostic, and so uh, yeah, Sophia, I think that the, the, sort of the, the Sophia, the fallen thought of God. Yeah, but this is you yeah. know another name that found I think in. Well, it's Valentinian or what it is, you know, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a barbarous, this Barbello Gnostic. And, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to say about going back to the Zabotendorf uh, material. I I mean, uh, the original thing that you see in that book, which I published some years ago, just as a straightforward, just this is the book, that's it. As he, uh, as uh, Zabotendorf himself says, uh, in the introduction, uh, in his day, he said, "This is the book. Read it, study it, do it. Don't write to me about it." <laughs> so he said, "Do not. I will not. You know, just do it, and then just that's it." Uh, so he was not in any uh, mood to do that. But uh, so that's. But I tried to, uh, with my introductory material in that book, try to to explain something about what might uh, be going on there, because if you just read the book, you go, oh, uh, am I going to devote all this time to this thing? And that's exactly what he wanted you uh, to do, you know, in a kind of, and there again, is this German thing, although it's not German to begin with, obviously, but it's certainly attractive and fascinating in this idea that you must do this exercise every day, you know, and uh, faithfully and precisely. And uh, and if so, if That's you right. do this, then things will will happen and start to manifest uh, in your uh, life. And as you've probably well, seen, you're, you know, you're talking about Barden and the influence of Barden. When I was uh, first starting out as a kid, about you know, 18, 19 years old, I volunteered in a bookstore. It was like an occult bookstore, but it really was a liberal Catholic church, you know, uh, that also yeah. sold books. And uh, and so uh, he, uh, this guy that owned it, or you know, the priest there, he had this book behind the show. He said, "Here's some special order books from some customers. You know, they come in, give it to them." I said, well, "What's this?" He said, "Well, it's initiation to hermetics." You know, and I said, well, "Why don't you sell it in the store?" He says, "I won't sell it in the store." I said, "Why not?" He says, "Because it works." <laughs> so I said, of yeah. course, I gotta have this book, and I got that book, and you can see in my own work, uh, whether it's uh, Nine Doors of Midgard or Original Magic, it really the influence of, I won't call it the Bard, and that's where I first was exposed to it, where you might have been first exposed to it, but really it's that uh, 
that training curriculum idea that gives a student, uh, someone interested in it, you know, something to, 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 to fill their minds with, with reading, with background, with context, with something to do that is practical so that you have something to do. It doesn't mean that you have to follow it like a slave, I don't believe. Probably most of the old school would say that, but rather there's something there for you to do. If you come up with a better idea that works better for you uh, today, uh, then, then do it. But probably it's not a good idea just to say, ah, I don't feel like doing did it you, this week. Did you go through, did you go through, let me ask you, did you go through Barden's exercises before you got your PhD or, or after? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did Barden's stuff when I was just, just a kid, you know, I mean, just, like I said, 20, well, 21 years old. Stephen, I'm going to tell you something. I never would have gotten a master's degree in anthropology without Barton. Because yeah. I, yeah, yeah, he taught me how to concentrate. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I asked well, questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it you know, uh, helps, and it influenced my well, you know, way of thinking and do, doing things and saying, at least you know, uh, what you should be doing and uh, or the kind of thing you really need to be doing. If you're going to expect results, you need to do the work. A lot of these things like, uh, let's take some like the Key of Solomon or something like that, people look at it and they go, this is like abracadabra. If I do these things, then, of course, something's going to happen. But wait a minute, the guy who wrote this back when, was probably some rabbi or something, a man who has is, is, has devoted his life to spiritual discipline, of, of, of memorizing things, of knowing things, of exercising, of praying, of concentrating. He, he is a, a, a concentrating, visualizing machine before he even, uh, you know, so picks up this book. And then they expect some, and then some kid, comes along and sees this kind of a book and says, look, if I get these trinkets and I do these things, then poof, something's going to happen. Well, it, it has to, it, the, the, there's work involved, you know, and that's so that the documents you know, were created by men like that, you know, uh, hundreds of years ago. That's, yeah, so that, that's very true. That back. Oh yeah, he sure did, and and uh, I got a few more questions that I think that will interest our listeners too. But now the the fraternity seems to have derived its Christos idea from the Nicene uh-huh. document, and uh, now uh, was this their concession to Rosicrucianism, and and uh, they also seem to have venerated the chemical wedding. Now. Did they consider, and I noticed you said that they, they incorporated Rosicrucianism and ran Rosicrucian. Did they consider mm-hmm. themselves Rosicrucians? No, no, I don't think so. No, there's very little to, uh, uh, to, to in the documents. And I have, uh, you know, in all of their documents, as far as their publicly available material, it fills a whole shelf, you know, full of things, uh, big, yeah. big books every year that they put out. And, uh, and there's very little about Rosicrucianism in there as far as getting into the ideas. It was just, uh, you know, it's a German thing. We're Germans, or, you know, it's kind of of, of interest. But, uh, yeah. you know, I don't think they really got into that too much. Well, one yeah. thing, though, that, 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 that we know they did do, and they, I think it was a mistake, the same mistake the Illuminati made and the same mistake that uh, uh, that uh, – uh, that uh, that they made uh, that it was to try to, to try to grab all the degrees of Scottish Rite, you know the Illuminati. Weishaupt, Weishaupt tried to do that, and that was one of those things that scuttled him. And and uh, and and and, the, and and Gregorius tried to, to take all thirty three, make all thirty three degrees of more or less of Scottish. And and the OTO Crowley did the same thing. He he said. At, at, at a certain point, I think it was in the fifth degree, he said, now you're entitled to all the degrees of, of Scottish Rite. Huh. And, well, i got to tell you that, that about 50, 15 years ago, uh, the OTO almost was almost declared clandestine in California as a result of that. And, huh. and, uh, and I... 
Yeah, I brokered a meeting between uh, the, the deputy grand master and and and, and uh, grand lodge secretary, and with and, and they managed and and got Billy Breeze to take uh, to take that out of the rituals. And even though it's still in Francis King's book, it's it's out of the official growth. So the OTO is no not clandestine in California as a result. But uh, yeah, the, the thing about it is, is though that 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 uh, Scott is right. This if you if you if you go and and and, and and uh, and try to try to uh, make Masons. You get declared clandestine, and then and then Masons and regular Masons can't join you. Now, did, I wonder if the FS ever did get declared clandestine in Germany. If, do you think they ever did? I have no idea. I you know uh, uh, since uh, you know uh, Gregorius uh, you know ran his thing. Uh, and I, 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 like I said, I've read and seen a, a, a vast amounts of documents, and I never once ever saw anything having to do with involvement with or interaction with uh, regular Freemasonry. So, yeah, well, well, there's certainly a lot of Masonic. Uh, there's certainly a lot of Masonic interaction, obviously, as there is in all, you know, in the Golden Dawn and everything else. There's all the. Uh, seems sure. like well, uh, that everything. The, you know, yeah. the documents and, and, and I think he he was attracted by, or others might be attracted by, the the, the complexity of the degree system, because it then you know, has, uh, you know, I mean, to be cynical about it to a certain extent is another German trait uh, that you'll see in other orders, is that they're, they're, they're very studious, you know, and read a lot and study and present papers, and, and a lot of the materials they produce were, are like order, uh, you know, work, yeah. you know, where they would say, I have to study, and, and like you see what, what's expected of each degree. And it's like It's like a school. You have to study. And that means buying books from my bookstore. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then you read these books, and then you write a paper on it or write an article or something like that, uh, you know, demonstrating your knowledge of the subject matter. And so that's part of the way the system works. And so the 33 degrees gave uh, ample opportunity to cover a lot of ground as far as different disciplines, exercises, practices, et cetera. So that was part of yeah. his charm, I think. Yeah. Let's let let's uh let's not forget to mention this uh F O G C uh the uh the the, the, the Grand Circle of Black Lodge. Yeah. yeah, the one the yeah. the one that the one that the Dotty Votovova of uh, Franz Barden's secretary uh, wrote that very very romanticized novel uh, novel version of his life for Bato, and I think most of us have read right. that, and and most of us. Most of us think it's it's kind of far fetched, but but apparently uh, you know from what what you're from what you're uh, you're giving us in the uh, uh, in the in the book here, there actually was such a such an organization, and at least you have one of their rituals in here. Right, they have enough to say that the, that it was uh, if if a hoax. It was so well developed that there is actually documents uh, showing uh, their workings and things of that nature. Uh, the the story of Barden there is that uh, Barden was uh, in his uh, whole mythology of himself of being this uh, persecuted by the Nazis and that sort of thing. That that's that's part of the most far fetched aspect uh, of it, in the sense that, uh, for example, he. Uh, he, he was very involved in the runic uh, uh, runic magic uh, in uh, Germany uh, before the war, and uh, included that as a part of his original curriculum. Was a runic curriculum. Ah, sounds like we don't want list. Well, that, that he was uh, involved with Kummer, uh, Siegfried Adolf Kummer who lived right there. And I will be talking about that somewhat. I'm doing an updated uh, edition for Inner Traditions will be coming out next uh, of Rune Light, which is about a rune scene and all of that in the early 20th century. And uh, there you'll see the Barden was, we, we have actual uh, the Barden Society uh, that, that exists in Prague today. You know, has recovered these documents and they're in Czech, 
and uh, his rune uh, books, and you know, just said this is what uh, he was teaching. But then after the war, it was like, well, you know, we don't want to talk about runes. That's bad, uh, bad publicity. Uh, we don't, yeah. well, you know, it's better to say I had nothing to do with that, and I have to distance myself from that. And that is what you see in Fravata. A lot of that is uh, because yeah. he was seeing all around himself how people who were just Really, like somebody like uh, Marlby, this guy who's into runes, rune magic, and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, he's, uh, you know, put in a concentration camp by the Nazis for 99 months. <laughs> and then when he gets out, the allies say, hey, you were like a sympathizer with these Nazis. And so you get no yeah. compensation, nothing. And how people were getting ruined right and left by their involvement with this. So he just distanced himself. From it, like. yeah, wasn't, wasn't the story though that there was that, that there was a they, they had the, the the Allied uh, the Eighth Air Force bombed the concentration had bombed the uh, the, the the camp where Barden and and Quinchor were were uh, were imprisoned and and Quinchor died and Barden got out uh, some something like that I that I recall well I but, don't know uh, yeah, there's a lot of stories anyway. Chaos, fog of war, you know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I've heard, yeah. uh, like, Kumar is supposed to be killed in Dresden, you know, by the Allied bombing of Dresden on, you know, on, on February 14th and all that. And it's like, no, uh, he survived the war. He he became a, uh, just like uh, uh, Gregorius. That's one of the most fascinating aspects of Gregorius. Like, in my first edition, I didn't know. I said, this is a mystery. What happened with this Gregorius guy after the war? He's like disappears. Where is he? And then he suddenly reappears in 1950 in Berlin. Well, where was he all that time? Well, we don't know. Well, we do know he was in East Germany in the Eastern Zone, and he was involved with politics and was involved with the government and so forth. But then he wasn't doing anything magical. He couldn't do anything like that in a, in yeah. the, in the communist zone. So he said, "I want to get back involved in that. So I got to go back west to do this." So that's what he did. But he, he was actually a, a member of the, the Communist Party uh, as he worked in in uh, East Germany and uh, and so forth. So a lot of people stayed because they, uh, the world was so chaotic. Germany was so uh, chaotic in those years, I'd uh, say 45 to 50, that yeah. uh, people just laid low, you know, and just keep your head down and, you know, keep alive and, and so forth, and that was all people could do. And so even people like Gregorius and Kumar and all these kind of people had mysterious uh, uh, sort of moments in their lives where they were sort of in a black hole. Yeah, that 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 in Germany. Well, after the war, uh, I, I I had a I had a German girlfriend about way back in the in the in the fifties and and.
takes power from thee. Every hour of thine divine knowledge brings thee a step higher in thy journey. Thou canst unfold the spark that God bestowed on thee to a pure flame that makes worlds fall and rise again. God is in thee. Thou art thyself God. Thus thou canst have gods enthroned in thee. Build altars, ignite sacrificial flames. For every dream and form of thought is thy power, and every force of desire takes a form and shape. Thus art thou the shaper of transcendental worlds, imaginary creator of thine own realm. Thou art priest, magus, royal lord, and prince in thy soul's expanse. Cypress groves stand round thy palaces of thought, and blue waters lap at the marble steps. And ships fare out upon the seas for thee who wearest the purple. The earth is thy sorrow that shaped the knowledge and bitter fruits of thy Golgotha. And nevertheless, the call rings out to thee, Lo, I am here. Now that, <laughs> that is the best anecdote to Lon Duquette's I'll be God for just one hour that I've ever heard. <laughs> a lot of your listeners. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. Anyway, uh, I, I want to thank you, uh, uh, Dr. Flowers. Uh, I want to thank, well, thank you. you. Well, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for translating that beautiful thing and letting and letting us read it. And and I want to thank you for coming on the show. And I want to. I want to. I want to recommend your book to all of our listeners. If you really want to know, if you really want to know where a lot of this, uh, that uh, that serious magical lodges, including ours, are doing, this is this is like I said, this is this is is the fountainhead. This is the source, and and it's all here. And, and uh, you've done a wonderful job of presenting it. And I recommend this book to everybody. And uh, and I want to thank you for coming on board. And next week, next week, Lady Jo Carson and and her her, her consort John are have returned from their pilgrimage to the lost city of Nanmadol, and we will uh, we will have them on board and we'll talk about uh, talk about Nanmadol and and and, uh, and 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 Lemuria and all of that uh, all of that tradition. So be sure and tune in next week. And meanwhile, good magic.